0: All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Squid Talk, a.k.a. The Hymn Podcast, a.k.a. the podcast where we talk about all avenues of life, but mainly regarding successful young individuals. I'm
1: your host, Lucas Pactor. I'm your host, CJ Tim.
2: And I'm
0: TJR Trades, or Tyler. So I guess I'll first start it off with who Tyler is, how I met him, why he's here, and why you guys should listen to him, right? So if you saw the first episode, you know that this podcast is – Somewhat relaxed, somewhat fun, but we really want to dive into who our guests are, who we are as individuals, what we're doing with our lives, and hopefully teach the audience something, as well as learn ourselves about each other and whatever guests we have on. But once again, this is Tyler Riches. I actually met Tyler through social media. Uh, He pretty much DM me. We connected. And at first, it was just like a friendly, hey, what's up? Then he happened to be in Cabo over the same time that I was in Cabo for spring break and i you know i met him in real life obviously and i was like oh wait, this guy's actually dope you know when you meet people on the internet like it's hard to get a read for who they actually are and i didn't know if you know tyler was actually a cool guy in real life but i met him in Cabo dude is a stud and then uh, we ended up going to Coachella together with some boys and uh, you know i ended up l- learning more about him who he is he's a day trader he's very successful and so we thought he'd be the perfect guest to have on for one of our episodes because He's pretty much embodies the idea of a young, successful individual. He didn't go to college, or he dropped out of college, actually. Correction, because he was doing so well uh, with trading. So, he's uh, he's young. He's essentially made it already, but he's he's just getting started. And so, you know, we're we're looking forward to CJ and I at least getting to know him a little bit more. But uh, do you want to introduce yourself, Tyler?
2: Yeah, sure. I'll just do like a quick little overview of like who I am, what I've done so far. So as Lucas said, I I'm a day trader. Um, and that's like pretty much it. Um, in high school, I just like, I was super focused. Um, I, it was mainly for sports. I was really focused on football and basketball. Those were like my only hobbies. Um, and I never really like partied or went out or like did the high school type of thing. Um, I was just like really focused. I don't know why. It's just like how my brain was wired. And then as like high school was like, you know, coming, coming to an end, I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I want to do because it's not going to be sports anymore. Um, and I was already like into the trading stuff, um, got pretty good at it by senior year. I was making decent money. Um, and then from there I was just like focused completely on trading, kind of dropped school (laughs) completely. i um, never went to like any college <laughs> classes besides when I had to take a final or a midterm. Um, and I was just trading the entire time, just focus on myself and making money. Cause I never wanted to have a boss.
1: Yes. Yeah, so people actually asked last podcast, actually asked us, but so why did you choose to drop out of school instead of either continuing it and finishing and what was kind of your thinking behind that? And yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, I never saw any value in school because I always wanted to start like, just like my own thing. I hated I hated having a boss. I hate when people tell me what to do. If anybody tries to tell me what to do, especially like forcefully, I'll do the opposite, um, even if it's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> um, so I, I just never wanted a boss, and my thought is like, you know, you go through college and then it's like, all right, it's going to spit you right out into having a boss. You know, you got to work your way up the ladder, and I knew I did not want to be at the bottom of the ladder. I wanted to be at the top right at the start, so... That was kind of my thought process. And then in terms of like dropping out, there are jobs that like you need a degree, right? If you love if you really want to be a doctor, there's no other way to do it. But for me, it just made sense because like I was going to start my own thing anyways. Like college isn't really going to help me with that.
0: Good question, good answer. Well, I have a question because so CJ's a trader. If you guys watched the last one, you know that. Uh Tyler's a trader, they're both very successful. I tried trading for three years. I lost a lot of money. And then one day I was like, you know what? I I hate quitting. I hate giving up. There's nothing that pains me more Um, because all three of us have a mindset of like, if someone could do it, then I can do it. But eventually I had to like kind of give it up and be like, all right, it's not what I'm good at. Focus on what I am good at, which is business and, and, you know, talking and, and entertaining and stuff. And so I do have a question. Obviously you're very successful now. I just want to first ask this question. You don't have to answer it. You could give a general estimate if you want, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, Okay, well, you know, how successful is this guy? Roughly about how much do you think you've made your entire career in profits in trading, both from Forex and from, you know, stocks and crypto. Um
2: eight figures, yeah. Eight figures. Yeah. That's
0: over $10 million if you're a kid Jeez. and you're watching. Yeah. yeah. So hit that, hit
2: that by 20, too. I just yeah, turned that's 20 wow. again, so. That's
0: fucking yeah. nuts. And he actually just – so he grew up in Utah, lived in Utah for a bit. Grew up in the Bay area. <laughs> area. Oh, you grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah, I, oh, not cla- but, I don't claim Utah. <laughs> okay, but recently it was in Utah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and he just recently bought a, a $2 million house in Puerto Rico because he was paying millions of dollars in taxes in the U.S. And they fuck if you're a trader, they rob you. But I guess what my question is – or my, my second question is, what was that process like? You know, did you did you start trading and you immediately were like, okay, this is something I'm good at. This is something I can this is something I can make a lot of money doing and you just knew this is where you were going to go, or did you kind of start and you were like, you know what, I'm just gonna do this until I'm good? What was that process like?
2: Yeah, so I actually like started in crypto, um, made a solid amount of money from that, and it was kind of just like blindly just putting money in. Um, and I made a bunch of money and I was like, okay, I want to learn more about this So I started learning about crypto to start off and then I was like kind of addicted I was because I made a bunch of money I was like I want to do it again and again and I want to do this every single day Then I learned about day trading just by like, you know looking into just youtube videos And then next thing I know I can I can trade bitcoin every single day like what I can make this amount of money every single day so that's what got me into it and (laughs) you'll learn really quick if you ever want to become a day trader you are not going to get rich quick it's going to take years like i am sorry <laughs> it's not going to happen in a month and it's you're definitely not going to make 100k in a week um it's going to take years of time and most people can't do it there's like a statistic that say 98% of traders fail um it's not that they fail they
1: give up or they run out of money <laughs> so um yeah I was it's, one of those. It, I'm one of that. Yeah. yeah. And to add up on, like, on that, I see like your TikTok videos you'll make like made 30K this week. What a lot of people don't realize also is that it took you years to have the capital to be able to make 30K. You yes, can't just come yes. in with $1,000 and think you're going to just make that with your first trade. You're probably going to lose it all, honestly.
2: Yeah, know? yeah. So I, I want to talk about that because I – like when all you guys starting, right, you probably don't have a lot of capital. When I started, I was in the same situation as you. I was, I was starting with like a couple hundred dollars in account, a couple thousand dollars. And every single time I would blow it because I wanted to get to that big capital. And then from there, I was like, okay, cool. I'll start risking the amount that I should be risking, which is like one to 3% of your whole account per trade. But at the time I was risking like my whole account because I'm like, I'm not making any money. What's the point of me making a couple cents per trade or like a couple dollars if it's not even going to like pay me out that much. So that's where like a lot of people mess up. It's like they don't they don't focus on the discipline. They're focused on getting the money first. And what I like to tell people and like tell my students, I always say, focus on learning the skill. Because once you have the skill, it, it's just due time for you to get the money, right? If you know how to read the markets and you you know how to trade, and if you can do it consistently, dude, that money's going to come eventually, right? And it just takes time. Like you don't, you like people get into trading and they're like, oh yeah. I'll I'll get rich in a month. Who's going to get rich in a month? Why don't you say, okay, I want to get rich in five years. I want to get
0: good first. Exactly. I think CJ hit it right on the head because there was this famous – I think it was Picasso. But there was an artist um, who was in a cafe, and this old lady goes up to him, and she was like, can you draw me a picture? And he drew a picture for her on a napkin. And she said, okay, how much? And he goes, $1,000. Or no, maybe he said like $5,000, something crazy like that. And she goes, you just did that – you're charging me a thousand dollars for something that took you five minutes. And he was like, no, I'm charging a thousand dollars for something that took me 30 years. So, you know, a, th- a lot of people, cause I'm get that's going to be my next question. Um, is what was your first, it's going to be, what was your biggest gain from a single trade in a day? And then your loss, but you know, what, whatever his answer is, some people might see that and they'll be like, holy shit, he made, you know, this many thousands of dollars in a single day or in a 15 minute period or an hour period. No, he made that much money over the course of the last five years or whatever it's been since he started. It's, you know, he's just getting better and better and better skill-wise. But, yeah, that's my question. What is the most you've made in a day? What's the most you've lost in a day? And what was that like mentally, emotionally? Yeah, what did that feel like?
2: Okay, so I'll give you, like, two answers for this because um, what I I, (laughs) – i did this like challenge where i gave myself five thousand dollars for the month um and this was back in 2018 and i was like okay how much can i turn this five thousand dollars into in a month and i turned it into 600k um so the trades that i was taking on those were obviously like over leverage risking my whole portfolio um so the most i made during that time which i don't recommend you do which is like risking your whole account I made 220k on like the last trade, um, and then at the same time lost. I lost 150k on a trade doing that same challenge, just over-leveraging. And for me, I wasn't emotionally attached to that money because it started as 5k, and I was like, whatever. I'm so deep in profit, and I was doing this like for fun as a challenge, anyways. Um, And I actually posted two TikTok videos about this, posting like every single trade and the profit and the withdrawals from this account. But both videos got taken down and it actually caused my alt TikTok account to get permanently banned. So I don't know how I'm supposed to show that anymore, but it was on the Internet at some point in time um, if you want to check that out. Um, But then the second answer for like proper risk um, on a trade was around like $80,000. Um, which was, like, a, just a super good risk-to-reward ratio. And then biggest loss on, like, proper risk was around, like, 50K. Well, what, so. what,
0: did, that, what did that feel like? Because uh, I'm assuming, like, because I did it for a while. I know that when I made a win, it felt great for, like, a couple of minutes. But when I had a loss, my entire day was ruined, you know? So what is that like mentally, you know? Because I'm sure you get used to the wins. But
2: you never yeah. get used to the losses. I feel like. Or Maybe I'm. So right. yeah, yeah. So this is where I feel like this is why you might not be that good I'm, at trading. I'm greedy, <laughs> first of all. So yeah. this is why I gave up. I'm not good. It's not yeah. my thing. Yeah. yeah Stick yeah. to business. So, and shit. so like the biggest thing in trading, most people say like you know, 90% of trading is psychology, and that's like the mental being able to be disciplined enough to be able to take a loss and walk away from it, and being able to not revenge trade or not over trade or like over leverage. Um, so. I, I, at this point, like when I lose, I'm like, I'm, I I know that I've been doing this for so long that it's like, that loss is nothing to me because I'm looking at, at it in the grand scheme of things. Like I know on the year I'm going to be super profitable. I know on the month I'll probably be profitable. Even if I have two losing months, right. That means I still have 10 other months that are winners. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't understand with trading. They think about it in like the day to day, like who cares if I like, Last Friday, I lost seventeen thousand dollars on one trade, and I didn't care because right, I made like thirty-one thousand dollars this morning. Right, it, like my my winners eat my losers, so I'm not concerned about I'm not concerned about a loss.
1: And I think also like for emotions and trading, I think conviction's a big part in your trades, yeah. like really you have to remove emotions completely from trading. It's not, yeah, it has 100%. nothing to do with emotions and like even the number values as your portfolio gets bigger, like there are gonna be bigger, but at the end of the day, it's the same trades. Like if you have conviction in a trade and it plays out, it's cause you had conviction in it. If it didn't play out well you had conviction, you were wrong. You took a loss. know, it's yeah. That's it.
2: Yeah. Like when I talk to beginners, this goes back to about like learning the skill. I always make sure like they're, they're calculating, their profitability, not on dollar terms, because that'll get skewed super easily. Like they see everybody on the internet making thousands of dollars and they think that should be them. It shouldn't, they should do it based off percentages because if they have a hundred dollar account and they make a dollar, that's a 1% gain versus for me, that's going to be, you know, like a couple thousand dollars and you know, they see $1 versus a couple thousand dollars. They're like, I'm not doing something right. I need to change something. And it's like, no, like just put it into perspective. We're working with, like just crazy different capital and like account sizes yeah yeah so like i've had
0: multiple different mentors trading and the cool thing about tyler is he doesn't really try and sell himself like he's really honest you know you you see if you're watching trading youtube videos you'll always get an ad at the beginning of the video and it'll be some douchebag holding out a stack of 10 grand cash and he'll be like i can give you this cash or i can teach you how to make this in a week It's not like that. And this morning, one of my other roommates was asking Tyler, like, yo, you know, should I get into this? This looks really cool. And Tyler straight up was like, no, (laughs) he shouldn't. Like, because 98% of people will lose. So he's very honest um, with his winners, with his losers, and just overall with, like, the whole aspect of trading as a whole, which is why I respect the guy a lot. So I think that's really cool. I just want to point that out real quick.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, like, my biggest thing is, like, Just being open and honest about it, because when I wasn't profitable, I was seeing all those people that you described on YouTube saying, yo, like, this is how I made $10,000 a day. I never saw a single loss from any of those guys. I thought you were supposed to be perfect. I thought you were supposed to be flawless in the market. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like as time went on, I was like, okay, well, losing is actually a part of the market, but nobody shows that. So then once I actually made it, and then like two years later, (laughs) uh, started social media, Um, I was like, okay, let me like actually teach people, like, let me not sell something. Like I, I do sell like my discord and stuff, but let me actually show these kids how to actually trade. And that's why all of my free content, that's all you need. So like, if anybody actually wants to pay me, it's for again, the years of work that I put in, because the only thing that you're paying for when you pay for my discord is to trade with me live over zoom. So it's like, you're taking the trades that i'm taking you know like the trades that make me you know hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars you know so it's like that's pretty valuable you should be paying for that and i could honestly charge thousands of dollars for it a month if i wanted to well yeah i mean it's the same thing with me like i
0: post i'm not posting as much but i post life lessons and advice every single day whether it's about life advice girl advice, business advice, whatever. And I'm not, you know, the perfect guy. I don't know the answer to every question, but I just talk about stories and shit that I've learned. And, and I also have the option, like if someone wants to buy my time, you know, I charge, I think right now it's not even that many people do it cause I don't advertise it, but I charge a hundred dollars if you want to talk to me for 30 minutes and that's cause I'm busy. And if I'm going to talk to someone, like I want to be getting paid for it, but I don't like go out there and say, you should pay me or you should do this. Everything you need to learn Everything I've ever gone through is available on like my TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and shit. So, you know, some people will like see that you're selling your time or something or a course or whatever. You don't have to buy that. You can still learn just as much from the free stuff. That's just a more like private version, I guess you could say. So,
2: yeah, that's a, that's like exactly why I started YouTube, because at, when I was learning, you literally had to buy a course for everything to be put in one spot. Yes, you could find all the videos that you needed for, like, all those tools, but it, it took a while, right? And the quickest way to do it was just spend 1.5K on some dude's course, and then it's like, okay, this is all still super general. It's nothing special, but it's all in one spot, so I guess I got what I paid for. But I'm doing that for free. This
1: <laughs> is so
0: – you know. Definitely. Well, do you have any more questions about trading? Or Yeah, I actually yeah.
1: did. So I want to get into, like, the trading aspect more. So I think everyone has their edge, okay? Lucas's edge is, you know, doing his clothing brand. Mine in crypto is, like, information asymmetry, like, getting stuff really quick, really fast. Yeah. For you, when you trade, what is kind of your edge? Like, Like, what do you use to actually trade? Like... Okay. Is yeah. it your experience? What is you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, I trade something called Smart Money Concepts. So the traders will probably know what I'm talking about. This might sound like a foreign language to you guys, but I take trades based off of just purely the candlestick charts because you can see where liquidity lies within the market, where market maker, makers um, will want to push the market in order to induce liquidity and then be able to fill their orders to actually move the market, right? Cause they're the market movers. So like the way that I like to explain it, you know, in like your regular ass, like e class, your teacher will say like, what's a stock exchange. Someone buys a stock and someone has to sell them that stock. The same thing happens when the market makers want to actually move the market, right? They have to fill millions of orders. So how are they going to get millions of people to either sell or, <laughs> or enter, Um, the opposite direction as them, right? They have to fake them out. They have to induce liquidity. And then... What happens? Those 98% of traders yeah. fail. They lose. They hit stop loss and market moves in wherever the market makers want to go. Yeah. So that's that's how I trade. It's kind of like reverse psychology. You can uh, – like if you watch my videos, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you just look on a chart, it's really easy to spot where the fakeouts happen and, you know, where the market's manipulated.
1: I mean markets are always manipulated to an extent. Oh, yeah. I mean the market makers are always making money whether it's, you know, being dealt neutral wins. and trading both ways or just like, you know – hitting people's liquidations and just going back up or something like yep. they they always know what's going on. So that's a good point. So if you just ride that wave kind of, you can find little gaps in between.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of, um, I scalp, uh, I scalp the S and P 500 and then I do more like sort of, it's still intraday trades on Forex. I just recently got back into Forex. So I started my first year and a half and, or actually, sorry, my first three and a half years just trading Forex. Um, the first year and a half of probably, Uh, profitability I was trading great British pound against the Japanese yen Um, and then I just recently like a year and a half ago switched over to indexes and I'm now getting back into forex and the trade this morning was actually a forex trade Um, and yeah it's still like similar thought processes but with forex it's a 24-5 market right so the stock market is only open from 9 to 5 eastern time versus forex there's New York session Asian session and London session so in college Um, When I was a freshman and a sophomore, I had zero social life because I was trading London session, when great British pound and um, Japanese yen were like the most active and most volatile. So I was asleep during the day and I would be awake at night just trading london sessions so
1: i mean tell me yeah. about it man crypto is 24 7 also Marcus yeah, Stone goes yeah. with that so um and i shared one more question so how would you say your life has changed now that you have money what what has what hasn't what were you expecting well, what i was about to you ask know? that
0: question That's oh, okay yeah. like,
1: dude
2: life is just it's it's just so relaxing just being able to like you'll understand it when you get there. And I'm sure if you're watching this podcast, you guys are a bunch of studs. You'll you'll get there eventually. Um, but dude, just being able to walk into like, or just being able to swipe your card and like, not even look at the price. Like someone will ask me like how much I paid for something. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know. Like it is, it's just a number at this point. And it's like, like, yeah, no, that's a great question. I'm just free. I can do what I want when I want to. um, and I can, yeah, it's just way more enjoyable. I can focus on things that I actually love. And I feel like that's a huge problem in the world that we have today. Everyone is so like upset. And so just like in, just in, a, in a bad mood 24 seven. Why? Because of money. Cause they got to go to work. They got things to deal with. They got like kids to feed. Um, and when money isn't a problem, it life is just like better and happier the fucked up part is like some people will hear that
0: uh most of the people that are probably watching this podcast don't have that mindset which is great it's a victim mindset in my mind but some people will hear that and they'll just like think of you as an enemy and it's really not fair to you and it's it's really just doing you a disservice if you think that way because like you know, he's out here on this podcast. He's making YouTube videos, like, trying to, like, teach people, trying to help people, being very honest, being, you know, making himself vulnerable, right, to criticism for for nothing, for free, right, uh, or just to help, to, to help people learn. And some people are going to, like, hear stuff like that, and they're going to be like, well, fuck this guy, right? He, he's, You yeah. know, they're going to be mad. They're going to be envious. Uh, but you didn't have any handouts, right? Like, you you did this all on your own. He didn't have any help from his parents. His parents actually were, like, very – Because I I asked him about his story, his parents were very um, uh, disapproving at first, right? So you know he like really made it on his own, and and he's reaping the benefits, uh, the fruits of his labor, and uh, and he deserves it, you know. But like, so we went to Coachella two weeks ago, uh, very generously, pretty much treated the whole thing, and right before we went to Coachella, went on like a shopping spree, and it was crazy because I'm not rich yet, you know, like I, I can't wait till I am. Um, but all my money and stuff is going back into my business right now, but it was crazy. Just like, we went to like fucking what, six, six, seven different stores, Uh, you know, everything from like Prada to, um, David Yurman, he's just buying chains, left and right bags, left (laughs) and right clothes, left and right. And I was like, damn, that's fucking lit. And, uh, and yeah, I could, I could totally tell that, uh, you know, when I buy something nice, I have to like check my bank account. I'm like, okay, can I afford this? He was just like, yeah, that's cool. I want that. I'm going to have that. I'm going to get that, you know. So I can imagine that's like
2: a very uh it's a very good feeling. So I'm yeah, glad you get to experience that, dude, cuz you worked hard for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, no. I, that's another thing. It's like dude, people do not see the behind the scenes. It's actually crazy like when I got onto social media um and you know just like started posting about like what I was doing. It's all it's almost like people think like I just started doing this. It's like, no, dude, like I went through hell, (laughs) like those two years of unprofitability. Like I I heard you kind of talk about like mental health stuff. I had like severe, like super bad mental health issues and still suffer with it a little bit. Um, Like pretty much every single one of my mom's uh, brothers um, either has super bad bipolar disorder or depression. Um, and I've had several family members who've lost their lives um, due to depression. Um, so that was something, dude, like I was in a terrible place and it sounds stupid to talk about it now, but like, it was almost like, like the Goggins type of thing where he's like, you really got to put yourself in the worst position possible where you literally just have to survive. There was a point where I had $2,000 in my bank account and there and the bank was charging me an extra hundred dollars every single day that that negative balance was on my bank account. So I door dashed for literally two days straight. I don't, I think I got like three hours of sleep. Um, and to I was, get out
0: of that debt. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't know. Yeah, that.
2: no, it was, it was terrible. Um, and that was, yeah, that was like super low point in my life. I, yeah, no yeah. social life, no fucking parting. All these kids out here in college,
0: you're like parting their ass off skipping class all this shit and like he was grinding while everyone else was doing that
2: so you know he deserves it once again
1: it's yeah yeah. it's the sacrifice that nobody really sees they see the they see the success now but they don't see the yeah like they,
2: they see what i'm doing now like i'm going on a trip like every single weekend i haven't i haven't been in utah like for the like I've, I've probably spent a week in utah over the past three months just because i've been on trips and people are seeing that and they're like this is the trading lifestyle like i can't wait like i'm gonna go on a trip and just get like hammered with my boys and then take a trade it's like dude no like that's not how that's this works dude. yeah, yeah <laughs> like that like you have to actually know what you're like you have to be successful to get there and like
1: to it, earn that right. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's like I feel like people just have a misconception because I'm young and they see me doing this, and it's like, dude, come on. like, <laughs> Focus, like please. Like I want you to get here, but like you got to do the right things. It's yeah, like, well, also another big thing, and this is like so hard because like
0: when you're a kid, all you want is the attention, the approval, and th- that that saying I'm proud of you from your parents, right? That's all that matters when you're a kid. And I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but, you know, you, you kind of told me a little bit that your parents, you know, once again, weren't the most, weren't the most is, you know, probably a little, uh, stretched, but weren't the most, uh, approving of you doing this at first. Yeah. Most people would give up there. So what kind of advice do you have or, or, or lessons that you can share on your experience kind of, you know, being told over and over, like, don't go down this path. You did it anyway. And it worked out.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can give like a little bit of backstory on that. So my great grandparents started a private school in California that my parents now run, or my dad now, now runs and pretty much the whole board of directors is my family. So, um, big school guys. Yeah. They love, love school, (laughs) massive school people. Um, so you can imagine what they were thinking when I said I didn't want to go the typical route of going through college, getting a nine to five. They didn't like that. And, um, dude, it was, it was really hard. So I, you know, I, I wanted to get into it and I was getting into it. And I think that at first they weren't super opposed to it because they were like, whatever, he's enjoying this. It's like a little fad and it'll fade away. Um, and then it didn't. And I was like, <laughs> obviously sucked at trading <laughs> and I was losing a lot of money. So they were like, what are you doing? This is a ter- like, this isn't smart. You need to like, you know, actually start like focusing. Um, and get a job. Yeah, exactly. And me, again, like I said, whenever someone tells me to do something, I'll do the opposite. So what did I do? Start literally just went full force into it. I had um I I posted a TikTok about this. I have this trading journal where I literally wrote down like I will be, or like I almost I, I would write like I am a millionaire trader. I am a millionaire, I am rich, I have all of this stuff. And pretty much every single thing that I put in that, I get in goose when i was talking about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every, literally so literally, <laughs> crazy. every single thing that I put, I like literally cried in my bed when I be, went back home to the Bay Area looking at that thing. Because every single thing, I either complete completed it or 2x or five times what I said I was going to do. And that was like two
1: years, or sorry, no, like three or four years ago. Um, and man, that, that's, that's the biggest awesome. thing yeah, nowadays right. is write like, it down.
0: write it down, write
1: it down. It's like people say they want something in life and then just scroll the next TikTok and then just forget about it. It's yeah. like, no, like if you want something like you, like you need it, it's not like, it's like, I am going to get this. Like there's no other way.
2: Yeah. Like, I, okay. yeah. I literally would just like be in the shower and before I would take, like I would, I would wake up at like four 30 in the morning. Um, and I would take a shower and I would just close my eyes and I would just say it over and over again. Just like say what I wanted to be, say what I wanted to do and, here we are, you know, things,
0: it's crazy. Like what a positive, I mean, let me come closer. It's crazy what a positive mindset can do. And that's once again, why I think the whole victim mindset is just, it's, it, it's only setting you back in life. Number one, cause no one will want to help you. But when you, when you think like that, when you write down your goals, when you think in your mind, like I am going to do this, I am going to have that, I am going to be this person you you start to tell yourself that every single day and it happens and like you know I, we talked about this a little bit CJ and I, on the last podcast but like when i was a little kid i was a fucking loser i had no friends no girls liked me i was suicidal like i was bullied by everyone like i you know it i, I hated my life it just sucked and um you know i don't want to like repeat the last stuff too much from the last podcast but i got very close to ending at all, I got very close to you know, fucking killing myself. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, do I really want to kill myself? Or like, do I want to kill the current version of myself? Because I don't like who I see in the mirror, but if I did look in the mirror and I saw the person I wanted to be, maybe like my, my own version of my own hero, would I still have these thoughts about myself? And the answer was obviously no. And so at that point you really need to be like, okay, well then I'm, I'm gonna become that person. And, uh, and it's a really fun journey doing that. And then when you can, when you can look back and, and, you know, tell yourself like I did it and I'm happy where I am today and I work towards this person that I am and I'm, and I love this person that I am. It's a very great feeling and it gives you like the, just a disgusting amount of confidence. Like that's why I'm so fucking cocky these days. But, (laughs) uh, you know, so I just wanted to kind of add that in because a lot of people might be stuck in that deep hole. Um, but the deeper the hole you are in, the bigger the climb and
2: the bigger the climb, the better the view so i can i can touch on that um yeah so speaking of mental health i actually attempted s- several times yeah. um and yeah i made it out apparently for a reason um and yeah dude if if i would like say anything about like mental health again like you hit it like right on the head like yes i still suffer with that i've you know, like it—it's it, probably never going to leave me. You know, like some days you just ha- like have a bad day, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a lot less than it was in the past. Um, give yourself some sort of motivation. Um, give yourself a reason uh, to live. You know, like there's people who don't get the chances that you get to even just be alive, and I'm sure you know they would do. Anything to you know be in your position like if you if 100%. you are like healthy, if you have a roof over your head, you are very privileged um and don't take that for granted um it's yeah it's a, it's a huge thing, and I feel like for me i i was um I was fat, just like you, I was short, not as tall as I am now um and yeah i I was just super lost, I knew I didn't want to like have a regular job, and I just had no clue what I wanted to do. And then it got to the point where I wasn't crying and like depressed because I hated myself. I was crying and depressed because I was so motivated because I wanted to get to the point that I'm at now. Um, And it was like, I I just need to do this. Um, And that honestly helped my mental health a lot was just having a reason like just, you know, like have a goal. Set yourself a super long term goal and don't stop until you get there.
1: You should be like waking up every day, being like, "Hey, I'm excited to do this today." Not like, "Oh man, like I have to do this." Or exactly. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah.
0: That's why I have. It is a privilege to be alive, tattooed right on my arm. Show it off. I'm sure that when I, am sure that when my dad sees this, he's not gonna be too happy. But um, <laughs> you know, who cares? But yeah, honestly, yeah, all good lessons, like all around the board. I just think, um, so many people take the easy route in life, and like you can, and you and you can just be like simple and average and stuff. Um, but it's not as fun. It's not as fun. And in order to have that fun, you need to put yourself in situations where you're really going to struggle. And, um, and you know, that's what we're all trying to do. I, I know that these guys, they already are very successful, right? CJ's already made seven figures. He's made eight figures. I've made, you know, maybe like five, um, <laughs> maybe a little more, but it's all going back into my business, but I know one day I'll be there. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you have to see that, ultimate goal, that ultimate version of yourself, that ultimate life you want. And you just have to be happy knowing that like, I am going to get that eventually. If I just keep taking these little steps and I don't look at the top of the mountain, but if I just keep taking little steps and I look at my feet before long, I will be there. And then when you look up, you'll see that view and you'll be like, Oh wait, it happened that fast. But the longer and the more that you you just think about, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet.
2: It's going to take longer and it's going to be slower, but you know, that's, that's really funny that you say that because for me now, I still feel like the same exact person that I was several years ago, but now like I, I have everything and like, you know, the stuff that I dreamed about, but I still feel the exact, like I'm, I'm the same person. Um, and that's like cool that she said that. Like I always preach like, you know, just get like 1% better every single day. And like Mm -hmm. sooner or later you're going to get there. Um, yeah, like I, I feel no different than where I was like three years ago, just turning profitable and trading where I'm at now. It's like, I still want to get better. I still want to do things. I like, I already hit my goal. I'm a professional day trader now. Um, Now it's like, what's next? What do, what, what do I have planned next? If there's no like, well,
0: yeah, so what is I, next? I, like,
2: yeah. Okay. or yeah. unless CJ, yeah. You So
1: yeah, yeah. actually yeah. a question about that for you right now, is it more of the motivation that drives you or is there like a number where if you were to hit it? You would quit. There is
2: there is there is no such thing as a number. I'm pretty sure every single like super rich person would say that that like, you know, unless you're old. Like most people, like, I'm I'm 21, right? This is most people don't even have a job like a full time job when they're my age, and it's like, I, like I was telling you earlier, like off the pod, like I finish my work day at around like nine, and mm-hmm. then I go to the gym, and then I have nothing else to do with my day, so. I, that's kind of why I started social media. I was super bored. And, um, I was like, whatever, I'll just do this. It'll be fun. Might as well, yeah. yeah. So now for me, like what's next is just like, I want to start businesses, um, sort of focused around trading who really knows so far right now. My main focus is just like social media because right now it's a hobby. Day trading was a hobby at the time. Now it's my job. And Jobs aren't fun. So now I'm, you know, more focused on what's fun. And I got the day trading thing taken care of. It's like robotic in the morning. I do it, get on with my day, and then I can have fun doing the social
1: media stuff. Wait, so you don't have fun training anymore? Or it's no, more of a job for you? No, it's okay. such a really? it's Oh, shit. So I didn't know boring, that. I bro. thought it's you'd
2: terrible. wake up No, I wake up and, and dude, I wake you're up like, and I roll out waiting. of bed. This is, yeah. this is what my, this is what my, uh,
0: this is my picture of my mind. Wakes up. Oh, I got to go make $30,000 today. Fuck,
1: <laughs> whatever. In two <laughs> hours, whatever. my life is so hard.
0: <laughs> no, but I totally get that. I mean, it's probably come, become so mundane. for you. It's crazy to think about that from someone who can't do that, hasn't done that, probably won't ever do that. But, yeah, I totally – like, I, I get how, um, how that could be – it would get old. I think it's the same thing with any hobby. Like, I know, you know, me with working out in fitness, like, when I was skinny and when I didn't look good – you know, I was excited to go to the gym every day because I was working towards a goal. I'm not at like my peak physique or anything right now, but I'm very happy with how I look. And some days I'm just like, oh, yeah, I really don't want to go to the gym today, but I've been doing it so long. It's so part of my habit that I'm going to anyway because I know it's good for me. I know I should. I, I know that if I don't, I'm going to feel like a fucking loser. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think that's interesting how you mentioned that. I think it, yeah, it, no, gives, it gives you a little perspective.
2: No, it is. It is really funny because again, like when I was talking to you, 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 and like CJ probably can touch on this too, about like a gambling mindset when it comes to trading. Some people, you know, like, again, we were saying, try like we, they try to get rich quick. Um, and when you're only risking one to 3% of your account, even if it's like, a big number that I'm working with, right? It's all in perspective. It's all like in percentages, right? That's not too much money. (laughs) That sounds so cocky. (laughs) That's not that much money to me. Um, so like when it happens, it's like, whatever, I have to be emotionless when it happens. And it's not like, Oh my God, like I can't wait to close this trade and withdraw. And it's like, it's, it's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be emotionless when you lose, you shouldn't care when you win. You know, if you win big, then it's like okay, maybe you can reward yourself, but you shouldn't be jumping around, running around the house like you won the lottery. Because then it's like you did you did and something then it wrong. Seems rare, yeah, because you did something. You actually did something wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like, if I had to give people advice for day trading. Well, I mean, I don't really day trade. Sometimes I do a more like a weekly, like monthly type of trader. But um, is risk management. You you can't go wrong. That's that's one thing I learned last cycle. I lost a lot of money uh, from the 2018 cycle, and then. I did better the 2020 cycle, but like risk management is everything because as like then you can make any single like I can have all my positions open and fall asleep and I'll be okay because I've risk managed and have money set aside that's not even in the trade and these trades only consist of like five percent of my account or like, just that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's definitely a big lesson to learn. And one thing actually is different than me is I've never lost my passion for crypto really. But for me, I got into crypto because, like, my PayPal account got frozen because I was under 18, mm-hmm. and then I just got into, like, the like – I'm, like, a big computer nerd, that yeah. kind of stuff. But I don't even think about it in terms of money at this point, honestly. It's really the dopamine for me when I trade. It's literally like I'm a hamster. And, like, the dopamine for me is the biggest part. Like, the money the money is, is just – it's there. The money num- numbers go up the bigger my portfolio gets, but, like –
2: See, you're doing this professionally, so I can't, you know, hate on that, but I, I would – honestly say like if that was any other trader i would say that's not a good thing if you're chasing like that dopamine um but that's just like from my thought process like because i know when i was early like i was trading off of dopamine i was Mm -hmm. like oh i could make like when i was starting oh i could make like two hundred dollars from this trade and i was super excited about it and that's what caused me to when i lost that trade obviously because i sucked at it yeah um to revenge trade and then I'd end up blowing my whole account.
1: No, never revenge trade. I'm not saying revenge yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I don't no, get no, bored and then yeah, trade yeah, because it's I have – But it feels it's, good to win. Exactly. I like, like, I what I was that. trying to say is, like, the when I make a trade and, like, I'll win a trade or lose a trade – it's not like the money is like. Just it's because like, I have such I have such the con- like conviction and when I trade, like when I do trade it, I have such high conviction that I'm trading this because of this thesis. I'll write a research paper on it sometimes. Like Whoa. it's almost like Jesus. personal to me in a way. Okay. But I have like I have losses like like like, like stop yeah. losses that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so if it lose, I lose. But yeah. like um, well, I don't know is, why it's it is. It
0: is interesting how. Sometimes it just gets not old, but you, you get like more and more used to the average, kind of like you were saying. I know like when I first started my business, when I had my first drop, um, you know, when I, my first drop, I think I did, I think I did $8,000 the first day. I was stoked. I was like, no way. I just made $8,000 selling clothes. Right. That was dope. And then, um, and then, you know, it, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was no longer satisfied with that. Now it's like, if I have a drop and I don't make 40,000 in the first week after that or, or like twenty thirty thousand something like that I'll just I'll be like oh, you know even though that's still like great but I just that, that's what's interesting about business is like you want to scale so much I think I think it's it's so fascinating to me how in business at least and honestly in most like most like uh, whether it's an entrepreneurial endeavor or any sort of hustle like you always want more like there's no it just gets boring. Even if you are making $50,000 constantly a day, which is insane. That's a fuck ton of money. That's ridiculous. You still want to be getting a little better every single day. It's, it's weird how humans have this, you know, innate need to keep on growing or at least people who want to do well. I think if you have that mindset, no matter what you're going to succeed. But you know, for me, it's gotten to the point where like, I'm not making as much money with you guys because all my money is going back into the business once again. But when I do a drop and it goes really well, it, I'm not even like, I'm like happy for a minute or two, and then I'm like, okay, well, let's start planning for you know, like let's say because I'm about to do a whole restock for everything, right? Um, it you know of a pair of, of a couple pairs of shorts that were like really sold out, and then we're gonna add some new stuff soon. I'm expecting that to go really well, and if it does go really well, I expected that. I won't even be that happy. If it doesn't go really well, I'll be a little bit like, okay, well, now we have to go back and fix the kinks and see what we did wrong, um, but if it does go well, I'm already like, okay, now let's plan for June, you know what I mean, and then June will come by and I'll be like, okay, now let's plan for July, right, so I think, uh, but I think it's it's just understanding that like you always need to get better. You always need to be trying more. There is no... This kind of ties back into what you were saying earlier, number goal or, you know, end destination. I think when you're an entrepreneur or anyone who just has that drive and hustle that us three have, and probably a lot of people watching can relate to this. There is no finale. It's like this endless cycle of getting better and better and better. And there won't ever come a time when you're enough. It's like this, uh, it's like this deep insecurity that you'll never be enough, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's it's a good thing because it keeps you going. And as long as you can understand that and recognize that, then you'll be happy. Like, I think we're all very, you know, happy and fulfilled individuals, you know, even though we, we know that we can go much farther and get, you know, further ahead.
2: I think that, that the thing about, like, never being enough plays a lot into my, like, mental health um, situation because, like, I see what I'm doing right now, and I'm like... Like what's next? Like what, yeah. like I, and like, yeah, literally today I was telling him, I was like, I finished my day so early and I'm just not satisfied with what I've been doing. Even though like when most, most people would see what I'm doing and they're like, dude, you could retire right now. How you could, could you not be satisfied? That's probably what some people are. Thinking. Yeah, no, it's, it's really hard. It's gotta be just like something in my head where it just, it just doesn't click. Like I'll never be satisfied with myself. And that's honestly kind of a bad thing, but also a good thing. means I'll be pretty successful, um, but also like I will never really be satisfied um, with myself, which kind of yeah. sucks, but you you grow. Well,
1: I, I don't that. think money is the answer to happiness. I think mean, money can yeah. buy you things to make you happier, but it's not like the answer to happiness. Yeah. And whatever that is in your life, whatever passion it is, maybe you haven't found it yet. You know, Maybe you are yeah. working on it. I think that will eventually one day, you know, some people it's a family or some people it's love. Some people it's some people it's just making an amount of money and they're being able to retire and live their life. And one thing I will say and you could probably agree on this and you too also, is like when you had your first business drop and you made that eight thousand dollars or you made your first like six figure trade, like that was when I in business or trading realized, like, I can never go back to working, uh, you know, minimum wage, nine-to-five job. Because I would once, jump off a bridge. Once I had that – which, by <laughs> the way, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think you need to to get the capital. But, like, once you get, like, a taste of that trading money, it's really hard to do anything else because, like, it's just like it, – it's like nothing you've ever experienced before really. I mean – Yeah, yeah.
2: So I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, so um, I when – I, when, I, when I was bad at trading, um, I – had $10,000 um, because I was making a bunch of money from crypto, right? My like investments hit. I was doing great with <laughs> crypto but terrible in trading. I had $10,000 in a trading account and I was over-leveraging and over-trading. Flipped it into $112,000 in two days. And then the next day I lost all of it.
1: But leverage, were you using like 100 times, like, like 20 As, times? Yeah, yeah, no. It like max. Yeah, you know? yeah, what did yeah. that
2: feel like? Yeah, so that actually caused me to stop trading for three months and – This is like what I was going to get into. So I stopped trading for three months and then crypto started like getting going again. And I was like, okay, well, I'm good at this. Let me like, whatever, like I'll stop trading, but I'll do the crypto stuff. And then I was, and then I just got sucked back in because I was like, okay, if I was able to turn $10,000 into 112 K in two days, like, like I have to be able to like, I've done it so I can do it again just properly. And that was my whole mindset. And that was once I lost that 112k, that's when I got my risk management on point. That was yeah. the best six figure loss probably I have ever. Probably the
0: best thing best that could the Best, happened to best, you, best thing
2: that ever happened. If I if I stopped trading, yeah. If I just like if I didn't lose that amount of money, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, that's like probably one of my most popular stories is me turning 10k into you know like 112k, or and then losing all of it and then learning from it. And it from there from that point. That's pretty much when I turned profitable because I learned my lesson once and for all I, because before then I was losing hundred dollars, like a couple thousand dollars. And it was like, whatever, that's like throw away money. But then it's like, I just lost six figures, you know, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like get like on your shit and Figure actually, yeah. you know, like do it correctly. And like, you clearly sort of know what you're doing. You made all that money. Um, so just like focus on it. And then, yeah, from, from there I was like, all right, I'm going to be super disciplined. I'm not going to let my emotions play into it. And then from there it was just only up. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's why I think a lot of people who want to get into trading, I think, you know, it's, it's good if you want to study, you know, different courses or YouTube videos and learn how to trade, but some lessons in trading, like risk management, you can't truly learn until you've lost it all. Like really there's no other way to learn. Yeah.
2: I, I tell everyone it's like, you won't use good risk management until you lose an, a certain amount of money that you can't handle losing. And that's when it'll yeah. all click for you because
1: it'll hit, yeah. you know, you,
2: you'll put in like $100 into a trade and just be like, oh, this would be sick if it hits like 1000 And then like versus if you lose $10,000, you're going to be depressed for like a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like shit's really going to hit, right? Maybe you got to like work or something to like pay your rent. You know?
1: <laughs> so so you have brought up use leverage in the past and you still do when you trade. Yeah. What advice do you have for new people starting with leverage? Because obviously they see you using leverage and trading. A lot of them probably don't realize you're only using a sub, sub portion of your account. Do you think newbies should use leverage to trade or no?
2: Okay. So um, the type of leverage that I use is kind of different. So I don't do options or futures. I do do it through a foreign exchange brokerage. And what they do is you choose the certain number of leverage that your account is just off the bat. So when really, you open okay. your account, I have it set to 500X leverage. And that probably sounds super, super crazy, but it's not. It's just giving me the potential buying power to okay. use all of that 500X leverage. So when I'm entering a trade, I don't actually know how much leverage I'm using of that 500X um, leverage times like my account. Because the whole account is already leveraged, that so that's why you need to use risk management. Because if I don't have a stop loss on a trade, and I you know place just like a crazy loss size or like crazy contract size, and it falls, I'm going to lose my whole account. But mm-hmm. if I have a stop loss and I calculate risk, then having 500x leverage, it's not an issue because okay. I'm on st- you know like I'm, I know my risk, I know what I'm risking.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's different
2: from like futures where you, you know, like when you place a trade, you choose And you like can choose your leverage.
1: Ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that actually. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah I would say my advice for people who like want to start crypto is probably s- try to stay spot until you're yes, like five yeah, figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe if you want to use like five to 10% of your portfolio in a sub account, maybe. But like, honestly, I would, I would try, I mean, crypto is so volatile that like, you yeah. don't really need leverage. And yeah, obviously no, I I, people trade stocks and all kind of stuff, but like. I mean, and the meme coins that are popping off recently. I don't know if you want to talk about any of that. And you said safe moon. You had some experience. Well,
0: I kind of want to bring something up real quick. Yeah, meme coins. Leverage in general. This is something that so many people don't understand. Like the average everyday person. Most really wealthy individuals, at least from what I've learned and what I've seen, and who, who, people I've talked to who have done it, they haven't made their money just off their money. It's off of leverage, whether it's in real estate or business. Like leverage is such an important thing to understand. Because, like, let me give you an example. I have my business, right? I have, you know, a certain amount of money in my business account that I can use for marketing, for, you know, new inventory, for, uh, you know, payroll, whatever. If I use all it, like if I have to, you know, buy a ton of inventory and it's, you know, let's say I have $50,000 in the business account and I want to buy $25,000 worth of inventory. I won't just buy it. What I'll do is first I'll finance it through Shopify and they'll give me the money and I just have to pay them back plus a small interest loan which I don't even have to pay back unless I unless I actually sell the stuff like if I don't sell my stuff they don't come knocking on my door ready to fucking break my kneecaps like I only pay that money back if I actually sell my stuff and I do well so first I take a loan from Shopify then I put it on a credit card and then I go to my supplier and I say hey can I finance all this inventory <laughs> I say You know, I'm buying $25,000 worth of inventory. How about I pay you $10,000 right now? And I can only do this because I have a good business relationship with my suppliers. They they know who I am. They trust me. I've done a lot of orders for them in the past. But I'll be like, you know, can I place an order for $10,000 worth of inventory? And then pay the other 15,000 to you in a month when it's ready or once it gets delivered to me And they have no problem doing that because that allows me to place much bigger orders with them Which means they get more money It means I get, you know, essentially just I'm buying time for me to make that money back Because if I was waiting until I had the money every single time I had to do this when I started until I figured this out But if I was using the money that I had in my account every single time to buy new stuff My growth would be so slow But when you can leverage all these different sources to essentially just buy time. That is how you really scale something. And it is a little bit risky, but if you can find ways to do it where it is very low risk, then, you know, that's a risk you have to take in my opinion. But you know, that's just something I wanted to throw in there because, you know, people might hear that, you know, and just think that about trading or whatever, but you can use that in business. You can use it in getting stuff from anybody else. Like I have a ton of followers on social media. I just, I have a pair of really nice sunglasses over there. I didn't buy those. I DM'd the guy because I I follow his account and I'm like, yo, I love your sunglasses. Can you send me a pair for free? And you know, I'll put them in one of my videos and throw your name in there. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have something that people want, you can you can really. Leverage your resources but to get farther.
1: Also, rem- oh, oh sorry. Also, remember that Lucas has redone a few drops. He didn't just first drop leverage his whole entire yeah, mortgage. Make sure you know this drop. Out. You know what I'm saying? So I
2: have yeah. a, I have a funny story about bad decisions with loans. <laughs> oh boy! So um, during the 2018 bull market in crypto. Um, I saw these like videos going around about taking out a Chinese bank loan for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So of course I did it (laughs) super high interest. It was like, dude, it was like 15, uh, 15%, um, interest like that. I would have to, yes, a month. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) like super stupid, but I was a crypto crypto diehard. And you know, I thought I was like super smart with it. (laughs) It ended up playing out in my favor, but, I pretty much took out a hundred thousand dollars from this super sketchy Chinese bank, um, and put it all into Solana and its ecosystem. And I got in at Blue Solana, price, yeah, dude, three dollars, and Ooh. I cashed out at two hundred. And then I also yeah, yeah she sold the top also. Shit. Wow, yes. that's crazy. Good yeah, two hundred was like wow. my number. And then all, I I made more money off of the the coins that like are like work on their ecosystem so yeah. like
1: like radium uh, and yeah and that, that yeah
2: dude <laughs> yeah so shout out Solana I don't really trust that um that coin anymore because of their like hacks and stuff I wouldn't really well the you know,
1: whole FTX stuff yeah. yeah
2: yeah I wouldn't really advertise it, it seems kind of like a little pawn in the whole scheme of things and I actually really want to talk about um what i think crypto really is um i yeah. feel like that would be really interesting but yeah don't take out a crazy loan use leverage correctly It's pretty much what i'm trying to say um but let's get into some tinfoil hat crypto stuff okay <laughs> yeah, well by the way guys okay, we only have
0: like 10-15 minutes left but yeah let's okay, okay. I'll, I'll
2: i'll explain it super quick yeah. Yeah, um okay so right we let's think about bitcoin when it was made right like 2008 right mm-hmm. um and obviously, you know, like the people in charge, they're thinking super far ahead. So what happened in 2008, right? Banking banking crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this new digital currency comes into play. All right. What, like, who who's using it? Drug dealers, people that, like, want to be undercover. They market it as, at, at like... At the start. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, they market it as, like, this black market thing. They can't track track mm-hmm. transactions. That's how I got my fake IDs, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's untraceable. Okay. Moving forward. Okay. Then 2016 and 17, it gets pumped. It's in the news. Now people have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people have heard the name of it and they're like, whatever, you know, they know a bunch of people made money. Okay. It falls back down, loses traction. Okay. Rips again. On the news again, people are talking about it. it. becomes more of a household thing. Then during COVID, during the COVID rip, inflation right? hedge, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, "Okay, this is decentralized. I can get my money like out of the bank and like you know whatever." All of that. You're seeing commercials for it. People are pretty much advertising it now yeah. as a safe investment. Do we know who the creator of Bitcoin is? We do not. No. How is that possible? Y'all heard of the digital footprint, right? How mm-hmm. is that possible? How do we not know who made Bitcoin? Explain to me that right. Like we we have some we have some super smart people that on true, the internet, yeah. right? So I don't know. That, this is just my theory. Um, I think. Bitcoin was put into place for CBDCs to start coming out. Take what's candy. a CBDC?
1: Wait, so do you think uh, you, you can? Don't it? Yeah, you can go. It's ahead. basically a central bank digital doll- digital oh, dollars. Okay. So okay. it's basically think of crypto, but it's not decentralized. So you, it's like Venmo, but for whatever reason, if the government was like, "Hey, Lucas, you can't buy this they item," can't track they, it. yeah, or like but taxes they time, they just take it out of your your account. Yeah,
2: so so this is why it's an issue, and this is why I think. Bitcoin was put into place because people love crypto because it's decentralized, right? With CBDCs, it, crypto is no longer decentralized. I feel like Bitcoin was just put into place so people could get used to the digital currency, see it as an investment. I don't, I don't really see a super long term for future, uh, for, for crypto. Um, and I love crypto. I wish it would work and hopefully it does. I'm just thinking like realistically, why would the government let that happen? Why would the government let something think be, well, their be decentralized? Long term, yeah, yeah.
1: But Interesting. doesn't Bitcoin and Ethereum directly compete with the central bank digital dollar because that they right. can control? Maybe they want. Maybe they want, who, who, maybe they want, who,
2: they want who, you to think that. Who who owns the most Bitcoin though? That's true. I mean, we, yeah.
1: <laughs> all, all the people in I charge. Mean, run. We don't. <laughs> you don't really know. Right. I mean, it's just like random wallets. Yeah. Yeah, but like, um, but who's the market movers? Yeah, the big loss. Exactly, the
2: people that are in charge. I,
1: but here's one thing I will say, though, is that I think that all the new kids from, like, middle school and high school right now, they care a lot less about stocks, you know? Um, yeah. My my theory on crypto and why I actually think crypto will succeed is because a lot of people see it as a digital lottery, okay? People are seeing Shib, you put a hundred dollars in Shib, it's now like twenty million dollars. Like I had friends who literally put like twenty bucks or twenty bucks in, sold it at like two hundred, and it went to like millions of dollars. People yeah. see this and think it and see it as a way. Because right now, right now for the modern man, if you wanted to kind of gamble, because a lot people love gambling, it's an addiction, just like anything else. You have to fly to Vegas and go gamble. Now there's these online. These online casinos yeah, like Stake on, right? and Roll Bit that you can gamble with cryptocurrencies with. These altcoins are going a thousand dollars overnight. People are seeing this. Um, Ethereum is building a whole like decentralized chain where you can borrow and lend without having the bank. Like right now, banks give point oh one percent APR. Who's gonna hold their money in a bank right now because of that? Like,
0: well, I I mean, so I so I agree with Tyler actually. Right, I don't know anything about crypto, but from what I have heard, I I think it's very like i i agree how how could they let this happen how could they be okay with this happening okay.
1: it's if too, they it's did too not too have who owns who owns the most who it's who owns big. A, who owns the biggest supply of the us dollar right now you can't tell me cuz it's not trackable no one knows who owns the most amount of us dollars That's why
2: it's kind of it's low key like the Which same is,
0: as like bitcoin like no one
1: but i that, did, that's but why i don't once, think it's that different
2: but once but once cbdcs are put into place they know exactly how much you're making. True. They just take it out. True. Right? That's that's going to True. be our currency. And if we don't have like this, is – I feel like this is why crypto appeals to people because they're like, I don't want people to track my stuff. But it, you can't like they, it's they're not going
1: about track they're, necessarily. We don't even they, know. They, they just
2: want like, yeah, to know. Let's crypto, be honest. Crypto is isn't
1: really a not. I mean, there are things like Tornado Cash, but like. Besides that, like everything is on chain, like I can go right now if you were to send me a payment, I can go through your wallet, see everything you own, see everyone you 've ever sent money to all this I, like uh, and, and not, yeah, and, and not that many people know how to do that, but like it is it is more um, it 's more transparent than the u s dollar because I can hand you a thousand dollars cash right now, and no yeah. one 's going to ever know I gave you that yeah that well, is true
0: something yeah. I 'd like to put out there and this is very hard for people to understand, but we don't really know anything about anything, okay? And I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but the only reason that we believe, and I, first of all, I think the moon landing Israel, just to say that, but the only reason that we believe the moon landing Israel is because the people we trust tell us it is. The only reason that we know the Roman Empire existed is because there's evidence of it written down, right? The winners always fabricate everything. The winners are the ones that tell the story. And, you know, we all think that, bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are untraceable or we have for a while but we really don't know anything about it and even i feel like the smartest people in crypto the ones who know the most just like science just like space just like neil deGrasse tyson the ones who know the most realize that they know nothing yeah and that's what's interesting to me about crypto
2: for me crypto like the idea behind it is so great but the reason why i can't really see it playing out like long term it's just too good to be true you know that's that's why i don't see it like yes obviously when it's ripping make your money right Mm. i i love crypto when it's making me money and i love investing in good projects that like have use cases and have like you know great devs and teams behind them I just, just like realistically, I don't, I don't really think I could see it being like extremely long term without there being serious, serious regulations and you know rules behind it. Which right now there isn't much.
1: There isn't much. I mean, so first off, I, I do think that ninety nine percent of cryptos are going to go to zero in the next ten years. Okay, one hundred percent. Um, that is without a doubt. Now that doesn't mean that there's not a hundred times to be made before that. As you yes, said with Solana, yeah. if you were to sell us, but um. In terms of regulations, yeah, I mean the US isn't a fan of Bitcoin. I don't think the Fed made Bitcoin. I don't think cause Bitcoin is against the US dollar. They're competing. The US dollar is right now the global the global money, you know what I'm saying? Um I think that personally even if the US were to ban crypto, other nations such as China and stuff are now at a more strategic position to where they if they were cuz actually China this this June in Singapore, you are now legally allowed to be able to buy crypto in China, which until then it was illegal, basically. It was a gray area, oh, you know? know <laughs> and actually Coinbase right now is actually talking to the SEC, and they have to give them an answer in the next few months about what is considered a security in crypto, which is a really big thing. Um, so yeah, I think that the decisions of these are going to be really big. Um, and I'm not like – if, if Bitcoin goes $100,000, I'm going to sell and short at short all. You know what I'm saying? But like at the end of the day um, – I do think that – I mean I'm not going to give financial advice. Never mind. I mean
0: I just <laughs> – what I'm saying is – because I agree with both you guys. Like there is still probably money to be made. It will probably have another bull run. Um, but what I'm saying is like I, I hear people all the time saying this will happen and this yeah. – you know what I mean? Nobody knows. True. Like, yes. in, in, We're just pawns in the game. You know what I mean? Just like everybody that was saying – NFTs are the future. I saw that. That shit was a fucking scam. That was, was a top that it started, signal. That it was. That shit was yeah, a scam no, the yeah. second it started. Everyone's buying, sell, sell, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's buying Gary V's fucking scam. Everyone's buying fucking scam NFT, and he's like, "This is this is the future, man." And I'm just like, "Bro, come on, bro. Who bought? I know a lot of people that flipped them, and made a lot of money. But like to think that that was, that that was where the future was going. It was it was a pump and dump. Come on.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's something about trading it's like you you can't say i know for certain this is where the market's going to go because the market isn't going to listen to you it's going to do what it wants to do so you the only thing that you can do is just adapt to it so react that yeah exactly so you know if crypto does end up playing out long term perfect. I, I hold crypto. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> awesome. I'll make, I'll make hella yeah. bread, you know, but also if it starts flipping and starts, you know, going down, cool. I'll short it, you know, like yeah. just adapt to what the market's giving you. Don't be so, don't try and force your bias and force your opinion on something that won't change because of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yep.
0: Well, honestly, dude, we, we talked about a lot of good stuff. This was, you know, quite a long podcast. I don't even think we need to, sometimes we do cuts and stuff. If we mess up, no one messed up or anything. It was a great run. Um, I'm not sure how long this has been. I'm assuming it's been about like an hour, 20 hour 30, but, um,
1: yeah, I think this is a great time to wrap it up. We talked about a lot of good stuff. Ooh, Lucas real quick. Yeah, go for it. I want to start this segment with all like future guests we do. I want our guests to give one last final piece of advice, life advice to people watching. And I think that that, um, I think a lot of people would like to hear that, so
2: Okay. This is something that I tell pretty much anybody that asks – that says like, hey, you're doing so well. What can I do to be like you? And it's as simple as finding something that you enjoy and monetizing it. Um, That is how you will find the most success in life, and that is how you will find the most happiness in life. Because if you hate what you're doing, you're going to hate your life because that's (laughs) – It's what you're doing, right? So find something that you enjoy and believe it or not, monetizing your hobbies, monetizing what you enjoy. It's really easy. You just got to sit down and think about it for a little bit. So that's what I would suggest you to do. Oh yeah. I think that's a great fucking advice. I agree
0: 100%. And I think most successful people would agree. I, I know very few people that are really successful that don't like what they do. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to end it. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, Thank you again, Tyler, for coming on. I appreciate you coming yeah, on. No, I was appreciate awesome. You guys he literally for just he hit me up out of the blue, and he's like, "Yo, can I come on the podcast?" I was like, "Yeah." When do you want to come on? He's like, "I'll fly out there in a couple days." I was like, "All right, bet, <laughs> yeah. perfect." And so, yeah, it was very last minute, very on the spot. But you know, I think this is our best episode yet. So, um, thank you guys so much Number for watching. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, once again, if you guys uh, like this, if you enjoyed it, subscribe, give us a like, and if you have any questions or topics or anything you want to you know, bring up that you want us to talk about on future episodes, make sure to comment below and we'll try and read through all those and uh, get to all of them. But yeah, once again, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Awesome. Peace.